Good evening and welcome to the service again tonight. Uh, great to see all of you. And boy, we did have a good time on Sunday with the drive-in service and had a good crowd here and thankful for each one that was able to get out and come to church. And, uh, and we're thankful for each one of you that even were at home watching on the live stream and uh, just excited about what God is doing, excited about the Word of God, excited about the fact that none of this has caught God by surprise. And as you study the scriptures, you see how God has worked in people's lives, has guided, guided them through their lives, and things weren't always and didn't always go the way they planned. And, and yet, uh, God, uh, we can see the sovereign hand of God guiding them and blessing them. And I'm here tonight to tell you that God is in control of your life. He loves you. He's watching over you. And uh, he'll meet every need in your life. And uh, just look to him. I think about uh, Dwayne Carr tonight. I had a chance to talk to him yesterday. He's got a neck brace on. He looks so uncomfortable laying in that bed. We FaceTimed. He's got a beard now. And, uh, you know, he... He just he can only lay there in one position, and I thought, Dwayne, how how do you sleep? How do you how do you just laying there in that same position all for the next ten days? He has to be in the rehab place. He said, "Oh, uh, brother, pastor," he said, "I just I'm a I'm a marine. I just push through. I just push through." And uh, he said, and I. I've witnessed to several people here. I've had uh, three, I think he said three or four people pray the sinner's prayer and receive Christ into their heart, into their life. And so I'm just, I'm thankful for Dwayne Carr. I mean, he's up there in Loma Linda going through that rehab. Pray for him. You know, his, he hasn't got any uh, use of his left arm right now. And I'm concerned about him. I'm praying for him. Uh, and I'm concerned, but we look to the Lord, and I know God's going to see him through, and we'll pray, pray specifically for him to get that strength back in his left arm, begin to feel that, and uh, that would be such an encouragement to him and to Teresa and Thomas. And then Charlie Davis, uh, Charlie Davis had a fall uh, this afternoon, was taken by ambulance out to Riverside to the hospital, and so pray for Charlie. Um, they think they're going to keep him overnight. Uh, so pray for Hildegard. She's obviously upset about this and uh, had to leave him there at the hospital, couldn't stay with him. And so pray for uh, Charlie, if you would, and uh, just pray that God will be with him, protect him from the coronavirus. We all, we're all concerned about that when we go to the hospital. And, uh, um, and so pray that the Lord will just be uh, especially uh, with him and, and with Hildegard. We know the Lord's with them. May they sense his presence. And the Lord watches over us. He guides us. He blesses us. He helps us. Uh, but we just have to uh, let him um, be known in our lives and look to him and uh, let him lead us. Let him guide us and uh, let him use us for his glory. And so these are tough days for many, many, many people in our church, our school families facing difficulties, but yet God is in control and we look to Him. We see, the, we see the circumstances of our lives. We see the ups and downs of life. 
And over almost 40 years now, I left college uh, in 1981 and launched out into the ministry. And so 2000, August of 2021 will be my anniversary of 40 years of ministry, of preaching the gospel, winning people to Christ, and striving together with people just like you, people in our church, faithful people looking to the Lord and uh, following Him. And again, through the ups and downs of life, through the good times, the bad times, through good health, through poor health, through good times economically, through difficult times uh, economically and financially. Um, uh, we, just, we just keep looking to the Lord. I was, this came to my mind on our uh, one or, or first or second year anniversary, probably the second year, Becky and I, uh, we just had pennies in a, bu- in a bucket and we rolled those pennies and uh, went out to McDonald's and had a meal and just enjoyed some time together. Uh, we drove to Atlanta. We just had enough gas to get to Atlanta and back and uh, drove by the Atlanta Stadium and I thought, man, I wonder if I noticed the Dodgers were playing and uh, I said, I wonder if my friend Bob Welch is playing today in here. And so I got, pulled the car over, went over there. It was real several hours before game time and got to go in and see him and spend some time there uh, with him. I didn't even realize he was there. I didn't realize that the Dodgers were in town. I wasn't a big Braves fan. I just moved there to serve the Lord at the church. And in that August, I, I got to go and see Bob Welch, and that that be that kind of renewed a friendship because I hadn't seen him in years since high school or, or Eastern Michigan University. And uh, we had uh, many, many times he came to Atlanta over the next several years and got to witness to him, talk to him. And uh, many of you know, it was about five years ago now, he died in 2014, um, but uh, he, uh, I led him to the Lord right out here in the parking lot, and I'm uh, just thankful for the times over the years that I met up with Bob Welch, and how God providentially brought us together, and, uh, and uh, just to witness to him, and he always was an encouragement to me, and uh, always... Uh, said nice things about me serving the Lord and serving God. And um, he's with Jesus. He died uh, several years ago, and I'm thankful for the fact that he's with the Lord. We'll see him again one day. Well, let's get to uh, Genesis chapter 40. Joseph, think about Joseph has a dream. He has two dreams. And in those dreams, you know, in one dream, the, uh, there's 12 sheaves, 11 bow down, and one, his rises up, and it's a picture of his, the fact that he is going to lead his brothers. And then we have the sun, the moon, the stars, and, uh, and it all is pointing to the fact that Joseph's going to lead the family. The brethren were already jealous of him. His dad had made him a coat of many colors. Joseph was going to be the man, and uh, that would be the leader of the family. But he was only 17 years old, um, and just he was the youngest in the family. And his brothers hated him. 
because his dad favored him. And because, really, because God favored him. And uh, he was a good boy. He was a fine young man. And let me tell you something. When you live for God, and you do what's right, and you have a good attitude, people will favor you. Even the lost people will like you. I remember working at uh, Levin Tire when I was in Bible college in Chicago area. And the owners of that business were Jewish people. And of course, I'm going to Bible college. Um, and uh, so I started working out in the shop, busting tires, putting tires on cars. And uh, every once in a while, you know, I'd go up front, talk to the bosses, the two bosses, Herb and Herb was the one uh, Jewish man's name. I'm forgetting the other, Jerome. Herb and Jerome, they used to like to just sit and talk about how much money they had, and they would fly to Las Vegas and gamble, and just uh, that's what they enjoyed doing. But uh, God gave me favor with them. They moved me up front. They made me a salesman. And then on Thursday nights, I worked with one of the other boys. And I really made pretty good money when I was working there during college. And when I graduated from college, they wanted me to stay. They offered me a lot of money to stay on as a salesman and, and, uh, and work there at the, the tire store. But uh, God had called me to preach. But God used them. I'll never forget my wife, Becky, uh, wanted to get a job at the Gary National Bank and uh, she went down there to apply, apply at the bank. And uh, she, was a, she had worked in the office before in this one particular department. And so um, she went down to Gary National Bank. She goes in, she fills out the application. And uh, the lady says, we have no openings in this area. So I'm sorry, you, you know, we don't have a job opening for you. And so she came. She went home, and of course she told me. And the next day, I'm am down there at the church, in the office there after college, after school. I'm working, and I'm telling one of the other salesmen what happened. And Herb hears it. He is one of the owners of the the store. He's a millionaire. He says, "Hey," he says, "What? What's your wife's name?" I said, "Becky." So he says, "I always would do this when he wanted to say." Give me a minute. Give me a minute. He go into the office. So he says, give me a minute. He goes into his office. He says, comes out. He says, tell her to go back there tomorrow. And I said, well, there's no jobs. He said, just tell her to go back. Same place. And the next day she went down there, went into that same office. And the lady that told her there was no positions had to give her a job. <laughs> she got the job. Because Herb knew the, the vice president or the president of the bank, and they, of course they have a lot of money there, and she got the job. So God, I can tell you how God guided our life, took care of steps along the way. Um, when, when we just didn't think things would work out, God would work it out. God would connect us to people that could help us as we serve the Lord. And Becky and I served the Lord almost 40 years together. Uh, we were married almost 40 years, 39 and a half years. And we lived, we lived our lives and followed God 
and we earned our income for us through winning people to Christ, teaching the Bible as an assistant pastor, as a youth pastor in Sunday school, worked with the Sunday school visitation for many, many years, and then became a senior pastor. But I can tell you, in, in each, each move that we made, God provided, and God met the need. And so God has a plan for you. God will meet the need for you. And we see that in Joseph's life. He's treated unfairly. His own brothers uh, are, are jealous of him, treat him unfairly. He's sold into slavery. He's sold as a slave. And um, he becomes, now he's a slave on foreign land. His dad was lied to, said he was killed by a wild animal. So his dad's grieving, and he's, he's a slave in a foreign land. And then he, he, in Potiphar's home, he's doing a great job, and God's blessing, and it was obvious that the Lord's with him. But he was falsely accused of attempting to rape the, his master's wife. She accused him of that because he wouldn't lie with her. He resisted and rejected her, and in doing so, made her angry, and she falsely accused him. And so he's cast into prison. But the Bible says in Genesis chapter 39, verse 21 to 23, that the, the Lord was with Joseph. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph, Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. He was the manager. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him. And all that, uh, that which, he, which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. And God blessed him. And God met his needs. And so as, as you and I walk down through this lap, path called life, we get up today. It's the evening. We're in the, the midst of a pandemic. We're in the midst of the COVID-19 quarantine. And it's, things are difficult. But God, God has a plan. John chapter 16 and verse 13, the scripture says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You see, what we have in our hearts, Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to have tribulation. But he's overcome the world. Be of good cheer. You know, I think about Dave McCoy. Um, he has, uh, you know, he's got leukemia. He's going through treatment. I'm telling you, the guy has the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. And he, he inspires me. I'd sent a text to Tom Farrell. He sent one of the nicest texts back you would ever get from a human being. He's, he just had brain surgery for cancer. His wife has leukemia, had a transplant, and uh, has, a pro has had problems with the graft versus host 
and his wife has been, you know, they've been through it all a lot. But his spirit, his courage, it inspires me. And they they are, are, are two examples of men that are of good cheer. Doesn't matter what they face, because they're overcomers. God is, God is using them mightily. And we can learn so much from them and many, many others. Hebrews 13 and verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. God is always with you. It doesn't matter where. Listen, Charlie Davis is up there at that hospital, Riverside. His, his wife, Hildegard, cannot be him. But I'm telling you, Jesus is with him. He's watching over him. He's there. I, I love the Loma Linda Hospital because they have those pictures around that have the nurse and the doctor by the bedside of the patient, and Jesus is looking over their shoulder, watching over him. So Hildegard, he'll be all right. He's in good hands. Same thing, Teresa, uh, you know, uh, God's going to watch over Dwayne. He's a soldier of the king. He's a soldier of the cross. He loves the Lord. And he's our brother. These are our brothers in Christ. These are family. We have two family members that, that we mentioned that are hurting, but God can help them. And so we pray and we look to the Lord. And so we join Joseph in prison here in our text. And what I want you to see tonight, though Joseph is in prison, He's not forsaken. God is with him. God's watching over him. And we see in, in chapter 40 and verse number 1, uh, 1 through 4, we meet the butler and the baker. We see their responsibilities. Um, the butler, the Bible says, uh, and it came to pass in the, after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker um, offended offended their Lord, uh, the king of Egypt. So something has happened. These are two special people. This is the butler and the baker. And there's, but something, he, they, I don't know if he made a bad meal, but both of these guys got in trouble. And they, they, they offended the Pharaoh. The Bible says in verse 2, And Pharaoh was wroth uh, uh, in the house of the captain of the guard. Uh, and um, against the chief butlers and against the chief bakers. So he's mad. He's upset. He's, listen, he's so mad that he puts him, he puts him in prison. And he put them in the ward of the, of the house of the captain of the guard. And notice this now, uh, into the prison, the place where Joseph was, and the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them. And he served them. Do you understand? This is the chief butler and baker. These guys were like celebrities. When they came to prison, they're like, wow. They, I mean, they probably had a special room. They had Joseph assigned to them to serve them. They were, they, he was to serve these two, these two prisoners because they were of the house of Pharaoh. Now, it's interesting. Joseph's in prison these two guys are cast into prison, and God providentially brings Joseph face to face with the butler and the baker. 
because we're going to find later on in the story that the butler is going to be the one that finally reveals to the king, uh, to Pharaoh, how Joseph had interpreted the, the dream that he had. But the cupbearer was a trusted position. He has to test the food. He has to test the wine. He has to test anything that comes uh, into the king's hand. And so he's there right by the king. He's, he's listening. When people come to see the king, he's hearing everything that's said. So it has to be somebody that's trusted with, uh, uh, to keep the king's secrets, to keep the king's business, the business of the kingdom, private. And so uh, we see that uh, in Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 1, we talked about Nehemiah. You remember that story. Uh, and it came to pass in the month of Nisan, the 20th year of Artaxerxes the king, that wine was before him, and he took up the wine and gave it unto the king, now that I had not been before time, sad in his presence. So he's the cupbearer. He comes before the king, and the king says, What's wrong with you, Nehemiah? And he begins to explain to him about the, uh, about the situation in Jerusalem about the walls being torn down, about his people are being afflicted. So he's trusted as the, as the cupbearer of the, of the king there, and God uses that situation. So in your life, wherever you may be in your life, um, wherever, wherever you're working, wherever you're serving, you know, God, God can use... Uh, the opportunity for you to meet somebody, to become a part of a, of a ministry, uh, and to uh, go to a conference, go to a meeting, and meet somebody that God will use, or something will happen to you, and the Lord will use it to guide your steps uh, and your, at that time and in the future. The Bible says in Psalm 37, verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And so as you live for God, as you walk with God, as you meet people, some of you, and you're employed in different places, you may meet somebody, and uh, you know, that, that, that person may be the person that helps you get a promotion that God will use. I remember the story of Mike, Mike Goodman. He told me this story. Um, he, Mike had been through a divorce. It was a difficult thing for him. He lived on a boat down in Newport Beach or somewhere for a while. And then he moved out here to the desert. He went, sold his boat, moved out to the desert. And he met Debbie, began dating her. And Debbie worked as a hostess and at the airport there when, when wealthy people would come in. Uh, they, would, they would cater a meeting there. They had this big, beautiful banquet hall. And sometimes people would just fly in just to have dinner with uh, movie stars and these people there in, in uh, Palm Springs. And so Debbie was doing that. Mike's working at Home Depot, and he was on the job for one week. He's working out on the floor. He's helping. You know when you go into Home Depot and people come up to help you in different departments? And so this man comes up to him and asks him a question, and Mike takes him over, shows him where the item was and explains to him everything and is just talking to the guy. And the, the guy was like the main, the main boss 
I want to say of the whole country, of all the Home Depots. But I'm not sure if he was just the regional, but this guy was an important guy. He promoted Mike. He'd only been there a week. He promoted Mike from the floor to assistant manager. Just in one week, he met the guy. And, and Mike said, man, everybody's there. Like, how did you get this job? How'd you become the, how'd you become the assistant manager? And Mike, by the grace of God, worked his way up quickly. And he was, when he, when he died several years ago, he was the manager of 22 Home Depot stores. He was the district manager. And he, he died, he had a heart attack and passed away. We had his funeral here in our church. This place was packed from people from Home Depot. The main lady in charge of all of California was here. And that was his boss. She, she had all these districts in California. And this is what she said. She said, Mike spoke highly of this church. And she spoke highly of you as, her, as his pastor. He often uh, talked about the church and the people of the church. They knew Charlie and Hildegard. They were good friends with them. Charlie and Hildegard befriended them when they came in. But one person, one person, and uh, Mike Goodman in Palm Springs gets promoted in one week, becomes the manager of 22, 22 Home Depots. And when he passes away, all those people are in this auditorium, and I got to present the gospel to them. You get the picture? God used the man. God had a plan, and God used the man. And we're all in God's hands, and God has a plan. God has a plan for you. And so here these circumstances are. The butler and the baker, they're thrown in, into prison. Now, the baker had, a good, had an important job because he's making the food. Kings love to have uh, you know, big, incredible meals. That's what a king does. They... They meet with people. They have dinner with people. They throw these big, big, incredible dinners. And so um, he has an important job. He's in prison now, and Joseph's there to serve him. Joseph's there to make him comfortable in the prison. And so it, it seems, when you look at it, just like another assignment given to Joseph, as a slave in prison. He's in prison, and now he's serving the butler and the baker. But again, God was setting up this meeting. God sovereignly brought Joseph. And, and when, the, when the, listen, when the, when the master of the prison saw these two guys come in, he said, man, we got, these guys are important. We better put, I'm putting my best guy with them. I'm putting my best prisoner with him. He's going to take care of these two. And, uh, and so it all worked. It all just worked together. It all worked together. And so we see their responsibilities and uh, how God blessed them. Proverbs chapter 16 in, uh, in verse 9. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. God is directing our steps. He's guiding our lives. 
Um, and so it's just exciting to know, listen, I can't, I don't quite understand all that God is doing through this pandemic and through the fact that we don't have church services here, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, don't have a school going on every day. But you know what? I'm thankful for Calvary Christian School. I'm thankful for all the missionaries. You just heard from one of them. I'm telling you, this church is moving forward. Theo texted me uh, this morning, said we had a wonderful offering. And that's the second, uh, that would be the second Sunday uh, in May. It's an amazing thing how God is working, how God is directing, and how God works things out. And so we see... We see the responsibilities, but then we see the revelations. Um, one morning, Joseph is checking, and, and, uh, and they tell him, both of them have had dreams, and they can't figure out what they mean. So here's Joseph, you know, and he's hearing that they had dreams. But wait a minute, he had a dream. He had a dream years ago. And so... Here he is going back in his, own, in his mind to his own dreams and then looking at them and uh, saying, man, you, know, you can have a dream, but they won't always come true. Just like he's thinking about himself. But God is, God is ready through, a, through the dreams of the butler and the baker. God is moving. God is directing and so Joseph encourages them to tell him the dreams. And uh, because he knows God uh, can give him uh, the interpretation. And so the butler tells Joseph the dream. Um, and verse number nine, uh, and, the, and the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and, and said unto him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me. And the, vine was in, and the vine was three branches, and it was though it was budded, and her blossoms shot forth, and the clusters brought forth uh, ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. And I took the grapes, and I pressed them into the Pharaoh's cup, and, and I gave them into the Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, this is, the, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days... Pharaoh shall lift up thine head and restore thee unto thy place. And thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand. In the former manner will thou be what thou wast, his butler. So he, he's going to get your job back. He's bringing you up. He's freeing you. In verse number 14, though, Joseph says, But think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. And so he, he gives him the interpretation. It's a positive interpretation. And, uh, and yet uh, we know that he doesn't bring him, he doesn't tell him right away. Verse 15 says, For indeed I was stolen out of, the, out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing, that they should put me into the dungeon. When the chief baker saw... The interpretation was good. He's all excited. He, all right, let me, Joseph, let me tell you my dream. And he, he says, also in my dream, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head. And the uppermost basket, there was, there was all manner of baked meats for the Pharaoh. 
and the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. And Joseph answered and said, the interpretation thereof is this, the three baskets are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head from off of thee and shall hang thee on a tree and the bird shall eat thy flesh from off thee. It's interesting because the butler's dream had a positive outcome. But the baker's, not so much. He's going to die. But Joseph, the man of God, which he was, he just told him like it was. Told him what was going to happen, that he was going to die. And, uh, and so uh, in life, as we go through life, when people do what's right, people do what's wrong, there's, uh, there's different consequences through different things. But we must always speak the truth. We must always tell the truth. We must always preach the word of God. And uh, God's in control of every situation. 1 Corinthians 10.31, the Bible says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Though the circumstances might be bad, Joseph's in prison, but he brings that butler to him. The butler and the baker, he's, they're celebrities there. They're, he becomes the caretaker of them, and God works it out. And so he brings glory to God through, uh, through the way he's living, through the way he's operating. And the Bible said the Lord was with him. The Syrians thought the God of Israel was the, the God of the hills, so they attacked Israel in the valley, the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 20. Um, and, the, and the prophet came to the king of Israel and said unto them, Go, strengthen thyself, and mark and see what thou doest. For at the return of the year of the Syria will come up against thee. And the servants of the king of Syria said unto him, Their gods are the gods of the hills. Therefore they were stronger than we. But let us fight them against them in, in, the, in the plain. And surely um, we shall be stronger than they. And do this thing. Take the kings away, every man out of his own place, and put captains in their rooms. And number thee an army, like the army that thou hast lost, horse for horse and chariot for chariot, and we will fight against them in the plain. And surely um, we shall be stronger than they. And he did hearken unto their voice and did so. And uh, they thought, the Bible says, um, it came to pass as the return of the year that Ben-Hadad numbered the Syrians and went up to Aphek uh, to fight against Israel. And the children of Israel were numbered and were all present and went up against them, and the children of Israel pitched before them like two little flocks of kids. But the Syrians filled the country. I mean, the, the number of the soldiers, it was just like two little pitches of kids. Then the, the Syrians covered the whole field. In verse 28, there came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus saith the Lord, uh, because the Syrians have said the Lord is the God of the hills, but he's not the God of the valleys. 
Therefore will I deliver all this great multitude into thine hand, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. And they pitched one over against the other seven days. And so it was that on the seventh day of the battle they were joined, and the children of Israel slew of the Syrians a hundred thousand footmen in one day. You see, God is the same, and the hills are in the plain. God is the same when you're on the mountaintop or in the valley. You still have victory. It doesn't matter the circumstance. God is in control, and God will take care, and God will meet the needs. 1 Thessalonians 5, the Bible says, Rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. And in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Oh, I'm telling you, friend. Listen, God is in control. God is guiding your life. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Look to Him. Oh, I'm telling you, uh, we've seen the responsibilities, we see the revelation, but we see the response. Uh, these, these two fellows uh, were sad, and, uh, and they were sad because they were imprisoned. But they were only there for a short time. One would be slain, and the other one would be sent back to his job. But Joseph, he's there to stay. He's there. He's just there. And he reaches out to them when he sees their countenance, when he sees their attitude. He's the one that should have had the difficult attitude, but he always had a good spirit about him. And God used him. And God helps us to see that uh, he'll take care of us. He'll guide us. You see, most of us can see no further than our own needs. But what we need to do is lift up our eyes. Just lift up our eyes. And the, the, the fields are white with the harvest of souls. Thank you for Dwayne for winning those people to Christ. And so, yeah, this is a difficult time for us. We're all quarantined. We have some difficult days. But God, but God is in control. And God is going to bring great victories. Let's help other people. Let's look to others. Joseph was left, was left in the prison. The butler got, the, the baker was killed. The butler was delivered. And Joseph just went on serving with a great attitude and a great spirit. Again, in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 4, <clears throat> the Bible says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. <clears throat> the key, one of the keys to the abundant life. Lift up your eyes and see the needs of others. See the needs of others. I went to the doctors Monday and got some news today, and I got some news that I'm going to have to change my diet. No more chasing the Snickers bars. And now I'll be honest with you, I was like, oh, man, I gotta, I, I, there's, there's foods that I can't eat anymore that I've always enjoyed eating. 
man, I'm like, oh, what a bummer, man. But you know what? Again, you know, I thought about Dave McCoy. He's got leukemia. And he's as happy as he's always been. Tom Farrell, facing brain cancer. He's just doing it, you know. And so it doesn't matter what setbacks we may have in our physical bodies. You know, there are people out there that are just going for it. So let's just go for it. Let's just move on. Let's t listen, today, this day is just about over. Go to bed and wake up tomorrow with a, great op with a great vision for what God can do with you for others tomorrow. What a blessing. Joseph is serving the Lord. He's in prison. He's in, it, things don't look good. But he acted like, listen, he acted like the dream was still going to be fulfilled. And so God has a plan for you. God has a preparation. Hey, seniors in our school, you know, they're, they're not sure that they're going to have college this fall in some of the California schools. Things look unsure, but God's got a great plan for you. God's got a great plan, parents, for your kids. And God's going to take care of them. He's going to bless them. And uh, so just stay at it. Keep your eyes on him. Joseph will soon be delivered. We'll see that next week. Let me tell you something. God is with you. He loves you. If you're watching and you're not sure you're on your way to heaven, open your heart to Jesus. He loves you. He wants to be your Savior. And Christian, let me tell you something. God is, God is aware of everything you, every problem you have, every difficulty you're facing, and he's with you. And he's going to watch over you. And he's guiding you. So look to him. Love him. Thank you for your faithfulness and prayers for this church, for our missionaries, for all the ministries of this place. It's a great place because it's his place. It's God's place. And so as we do the work together, let's continue to look to him. Let's continue to be excited about all that he has for us and plan and plan for, plan for the success that God is going to give you in the days to come. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love for us. I pray for those out there that may be listening. If there's one that watches this live stream that's not sure of their eternal home, I pray they'd open their hearts to Jesus Christ and call upon him and invite him into their heart and into their life. And he'll come into them and sup with them and give them salvation, and then give them a great opportunity to serve him. Oh, Lord, bless and speak to hearts. And then our congregation, again, encourage people that are facing some difficulties. Do pray for Charlie. Raise him up. Pray for Dwayne. Watch over him. Others of our church family and missionaries and school family. God, you know every need. Meet the needs according to your great plan. We love you, Lord, and we look to you now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you again for your faithfulness in giving, your tithes and offerings uh, to the church, and uh, we just appreciate that, and giving online or sending your check, your tithe check to the church, and the work moves forward. The work, the work moves on. We may be delayed because of COVID-19, but the commission is still there. We're moving forward. 
Thank you so much for joining us tonight. God bless you. I miss you. I love you. Look forward to seeing you soon. Until then, we'll be praying for you. You pray for us, and we'll accomplish much together. God bless you, and have a good evening.